0: Hello, welcome to episode one of War Topics, I guess would be a good name for this podcast. Um, I'm not sure many know because I don't have that many listeners, but I do manage two other podcasts, one including Bonus Family Yet Another D&D Podcast and The Podcast Adventure Till You Die. So I am in my recording studio right now, so I hope everything will be nice and quiet for this except for planes you know so one thing i want to talk about first is war is a little bit of a controversial topic and everyone has different opinions views different amenities about war so i'm just gonna go through kind of talk about uh how technology shaped warfare i mean it didn't really shape war it shaped warfare because war is timeless and universal Universal. It has afflicted virtually every state known to human history. Warfare is the conduct of war. It is the clash of arms or the maneuver of armed forces in the field, however you want to pronounce it. It entails what military professionals call operations, whether or not the opposing forces actually unleash their organized violence on one another. War is a condition in which a state might find itself. War is a... Warfare is a physical activity. See, it's conducted by the armed forces. Con- Ooh, sorry. By the armed forces. In the context of war. I mean, of course, whenever you think about it, many kinds of group violence is from gang fights, terrorism. They could display some or all the characteristics of warfare without rising to this definition of war. But more often than not these violent conflicts use instruments of war to understand the technology is to understand sorry to understand the technology of warfare is kind of like trying to understand technology of most public violence it's it's a little uh you know (sighs) it's a i mean wording is also important In articulating exactly what impact technology has on warfare. A number of verbs suggest themselves. Technology defines, governs, or circumstances, warfare. It sets the state for warfare. It is instrumentally instrumentality of warfare. I would say the most important verb describing the impact of technology on warfare is that it changes warfare technology has been the primary source of military innovation throughout history it drives changes in warfare more than any other factor consider a simple thought ah sorry i'm a little flustered today i guess consider a simple thought experiment sun tzu in exactly alexander the great i learned a lot about alexander the great playing civilization 6 which is a game that you should all buy because it's a very fun one sun tzu and alexander the great are brought back to life and assigned to lead coalition forces in afghanistan in 2008 just imagine this these near contemporaries from the 4th century bce would understand almost everything that we need to know Alexander actually fought in Afghanistan and Sun Tzu, if such a person really existed, fought in comparably mon- mountainous terrain in China. Both were masters of strategy and tactics, what came to be called the principles of war. Principles of war are simply the tacit knowledge that all successful commanders throughout history have carried around their bank. carried around in their bank. Of experience and understanding of intelligence, surprise, maneuver, command and control, concertation of force, unity of command, terrain, etc., 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 etc. Even Clausewitz's seminal contributions to military art and science, change, violence, the fog of war, and friction. These concepts that Alexander and Sun Tzu knew by different names, the only modern tool of command they would (laughs) not know and could not steadily assimilate. Assimilate would be the technology of war: airplanes, missiles, tanks, drones, satellites, computers, GPS, and all the remaining Penelope. penelope of the modern high-tech battlefield would be un- incomprehensible to them. A sergeant from their operations staff could exploit these resources more than fully and effectively than either of our great cap- and more effectively than either of our great captains. Sun Tzu and Alexander would be incompetent on the modern battlefield. They wouldn't have any idea what anything was happening. I mean, imagine trying to explain a drone to someone who lived so far back that they would literally fight each other with sticks. I mean, the... The invention of gunpowder. I mean, I know... Everything's from a natural source, so it's not really in it. But, like, niter. Niter for gunpowder. If we have, would have never found niter, which would have been pretty spooky, or never made gunpowder, it's just so, so incomprehensible. I can't speak. The point, <laughs> The point of this is even more obvious in humankind's other two fields of battle, the sea and the air. To say nothing of space. I mean, honestly, who uh, who fights in space? I mean, maybe in the future, perhaps the battlefield of the future. Naval warfare does not occur without ships. It's not even possible, which, throughout most of human history, were the most complex of human technological artifacts. Of course, the same is true of planes for air warfare, missiles for strategic warfare, and spacecraft for space wars. <laughs> In each case, the vehicle defines the warfare, Horatio Nelson, perhaps the greatest naval commander of all time, would have been powerless to understand the strategy and tactics of World War II's submarines in the Cold War, and the Core War would not have been even more incomprehensible to him. Incomprehensible. God, I can't speak. I promise I can pronounce words. He might have gone back in time and initiated the essence of galley warfare. Galleys were not very strong ships. They were just some of the first. But he could not command an age of steampunk, let alone a nuclear age, without a solid grounding in modern science and technology. The more modern or postmodern the warfare becomes, the more the generalization holds true. Technology defines warfare. Air warfare was not even possible before the 20th century. Save for the vulnerable and inefficient reconnaissance balloons that were pioneered in Europe and America in the 19th century and the 21st century, air warfare ranges from strategic bombing to close air support of ground troops to dogfights for air superiority to Pilotless drones that carry the eyes and ears, it's crazy to think about, and sometimes the ordinance of operators hundreds, even thousands of miles away. The U.S. boasts a missile defense installation that can stop the unstoppable. The intercontinental ballistic missile spacefaring nations flirt with the anti-satellite weapons launched from Earth, and even the prospect of space-based weapons to fight one another and threaten the Earth below the air the air warfare differs from naval warfare not because the strategy and tactics of conflict in those realms differ but because the planes differ from ships and of course both differ from tanks and rockets and satellites each technology shapes defines circumscribes and governs a new kind of warfare that's It's just crazy to think about some of this. A little bit more, I guess. Our next topic could be how it doesn't determine warfare. Technology does not determine warfare. However much technology may change warfare, it never determines warfare. Neither how it will be conducted nor how it will turn out. Technology presides in warfare, but it does not rule The whole notion of technological determinism is a red herring. Humans can always resist the historical forces surrounding them. To believe in determinism is to believe in inevitability. This begs the question, why? What historical force or law pushes events to some inescapable outcome? In hindsight, events may appear predetermined or inevitable, but nothing in human activity can be predicted with certainty. Think about instances in history when technology appeared to determine the nature and even the result of warfare. Chariots were perhaps the most dominant instrument of warfare before nuclear weapons. Indeed, historian William H. McNeil has called them the superweapon of their day. When they appeared in the Levant in the 18th century BCE, they swept all before them. From Egypt to Mesopotamia. States either adopted chariots or seized to compete in the highest compete in interstate war. The chariot craze bred an international chariot aristocracy. The Marion U who sold their services to the highest bidder. States built up enormous chariot corps with attended supply and maintenance trains. Culminating in the Battle of Kadesh in 1275 BCE When the contending Egyptian and Hittite forces committed an estimated 5,000 chariots to a cataclysmic but ultimately indecisive day of battle. Western warfare through most of the 2nd millennium BCE was chariot warfare. The chariot defined, drove, governed, and circumscribed ground warfare. And then it was gone within a century after the armageddon at kadesh the chariot disappeared as the dominant technology of levantine warfare just as there is no sure evidence of where the chariot came from and why it ruled so sorry so is its fall from dominance a mystery robert drews notes that it lost power in the catastrophe the wave of the wars Raids and forced migrations that swept the eastern Mediterranean around 1200 BCE. William McNeil believes that the introduction of iron weapons at just this time gave infantry new power to stand up to chariots. Another possible explanation, I guess, could be state bankruptcy brought on by the arms race and chariots and the horses to pull them. Still, another change in infantry tactics perhaps coupled with mcneil's iron weapons in any case in any case the apparent determinism of the chariot evaporated countless other examples through history of seemingly irresistible weapons leading to inevitable triumph have similarly risen and fallen in their turn from gunpowder which we talked about just a little bit ago through the dreadnought revolution and strategic bombing to the rethink enthusiasm for the revolution in military affairs technological superiority that was to have given the US unassailable military prowess it's it's crazy and modern technology is different modern technology is not different in kind but in degree World War 2 was the first war in history in which the weapons in use at the end of the war differed significantly from those employed at the outset. The atomic bomb is the most obvious example, but the list of military technologies introduced between 39 and 45 the 1900s includes a well jet aircraft, guided missiles, a microwave radar, and the proximity fuse to just to name just a few some military leaders concluded from this experience that industrial production had won the world wars but military innovation would win the next war especially in the us the military established began to in- military establishment began to institutionalize research and development adopting from industry a kind of planned Obsolescence that would keep American armed forces a generation ahead of their potential foes. They created what President Dwight Eisenhower called in his farewell address a military-industrial complex, a perpetual arms race, not necessarily with any particular enemy, but with the status quo. It's... It's crazy to think of about modern technology. I mean, all I, like I mentioned a little bit there guided missiles, missiles that heat radar missiles, the microwave radar, that's how they work. It's so crazy to think of. Who knows what devices will be usable in the next 100, 200, 300, 400, 500 years? It's just so crazy. To think about. Um, it's been about 15 minutes. This podcast. Usually my podcast run for about one to two hours. But obviously. I'm not going to make you sit and listen to this that long. <laughs> so. I guess we can. Uh, end it there. But I, I really. Hope that I get a good grade on this. Because uh, I took a while. Doing a little bit of research. I mean. Quote some of it out wrote some of it um but i really appreciate you uh, listening to all this if you did so bye